Foodie lovers, it's time. Hello, food lovers, it's Dave. Are you ready for some foodie fun? Yes, today and every weekday, cooking something good and your host, Dave Duso, brings you foodie fun adventures and fantastic food talk. Get ready for great recipes, food experts, daily prizes, lots of laughs, and of course, great deals on restaurant certificates and other food-related items at cookingsomethinggood.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, oh no, it's Dave Dussault. Oh, yes, it is Dave Duso. It's cooking something good. It's another fun-filled day cooking something good. It's all about foodie fun, recipes, deals, gadgets, great conversations about food. We're going to have a really fun day today. It's going to be a half hour like no other. All week we have been talking about diners and donuts. And today we've got Tom Marshall. He's with the Tilton Diner in Tilton. New Hampshire. And then we have Jen Adams from Atkins Farms in Amherst, Massachusetts. In Massachusetts, they pronounce it Amherst. In New Hampshire, we pronounce it Amherst. But Jen is with Atkins Farms in Amherst, Massachusetts, and that is the birthplace of the all-important apple cider donut. The apple cider donut was invented in Amherst, Massachusetts at Atkins Farm. So we're going to talk to her about that. It's going to be a fun day. And of course, we've got the foodie know-it-all, the Sharila deal of the day, the Dear Dave question, just a lot of stuff going on. It's going to be fun. Let's get rolling. It's time to cook something good. It's time for today's Sharila deal of the day. Every day at cookingsomethinggood.com, Monday through Friday, we have the Sharila deal of the day. Today's deal, one of my favorites, we've got the Cooking Something Good Recipe Book. It's got our logo on the outside. It's a little smaller than a regular book, but it's a recipe book that on the inside is blank. It's got lines in it, and you can write your own recipes, and then you hand the book out to people who you know. Aunts, uncles, mothers, fathers, grandmothers, grandfathers, dear friends, great cooks who will add their recipes Pass the book around to everyone, and then you have an incredible cookbook given to you by people you love and people you know and people whose food you love. It's usually $19.99. We've got it on sale for just $9.99, and every penny goes to an incredible cause, the Nashua Soup Kitchen and Shelter. They get all the proceeds, so you're getting a great book, a great keepsake, and you're donating money to a really great cause. It's today's Sharila Deal of the Day. It's the Cooking Something Good recipe book at cookingsomethinggood.com. Okay, you gastromaniacs, it's that time. It's time for the Dear Dave question of the day. Remember, if you have a Dear Dave question that you would like answered, you can send me an email at dave at cookingsomethinggood.com. Write Dear Dave in the subject line. I will respond with an email back to you or someone from our organization will respond back to you. 
with an answer to your question. And if we read your question on the air, we're going to send you off a $20 gift certificate to a great local restaurant or establishment. Today's winner will get a $20 certificate to Woodlands Farm Brewery in Kittery, Maine. And today's Dear Dave question of the day comes from Tamara Kay in Wells, Maine. And she writes, Dear Dave, I've made a decision to eat healthier, but after shopping today, I'm not sure I can afford to eat healthier because healthy food is so expensive. Any ideas how I can eat healthier and not break the bank? Uh, yeah, there is. There's a lot of different things you can do. One thing is to make a list and write down what you want for the week. Never shop hungry. That is key. Using things like eggs, beans, uh, seeds, frozen fruits and vegetables. Frozen fruits and vegetables. Uh, fruits and vegetables are usually only in season for a certain short period of the year. And frozen is less expensive and it's usually just as nutritious. Eggs have tons of uses. Beans have tons of uses. When you buy vegetables, if you're going to buy fresh vegetables, look for stuff that's organic. And when you look at it, make sure it looks like it's in good shape. You know, don't be afraid to pick it up. Give it a smell. Every vegetable has a different characteristic you look for. But these are just some ideas that I have that you can use. Make a list. Make a budget. Eggs, beans, frozen fruits and vegetables where you can. If you eat meat, buy a little cheaper cut. And there's a lot of different recipes all over the internet that were cheaper cuts when properly prepared and cooked are absolutely delicious. So yeah, you can eat healthy, uh, smaller meals, smaller portions, all these things you can do to be healthy without breaking the bank. Anyway, thanks for sending in your question. And Tamara, because we read it on the air, you will win that gift certificate to the Woodlands Farm Brewery in Kittery. Maine. Don't forget, if you've got a Dear Dave question, send it to Dave at CookingSomethingGood.com. That's Dave at CookingSomethingGood.com. We're going to take a quick break, pay a couple of bills. We will be right back after this. A gastromaniac, Jack H. from Hollis, New Hampshire, wrote in and he wants to know if I really use Manny's olive oil. I do. It comes from Crete. The Greeks make some of the best olive oil in the world. It is very well priced. We have it at cookingsomethinggood.com. It's not terribly expensive. The price you see there is including shipping. So there's no additional shipping. It's harvested by hand. There are no chemicals. It's really a great olive oil. Manny's olive oil. I use it and that's why I sell it because if I didn't use it, I would not sell it on this site. Give it a try. Manny's olive oil from Crete with love. Welcome back. All week long, we're talking about diners and donuts. The tradition of diners, especially here in the New England and the Northeast, are, are something that's special. I grew up in a town that had two diners. And I've got a quick little question for you. How can you tell a bright and not so bright politician apart? Well, every four years, an endless list of politicians come to the Tilton Diner in Tilton, New Hampshire for a photo op. The bright ones come back as often as they can. The not-so-bright ones only come back in four years for another photo op. The Tilton Diner, they've got huge portions of traditional diner classics. It's what brings locals and vacationers back time and time again. 
It's part of the Common Man family of restaurants. It's obviously located in Tilton, New Hampshire. And with us is Tom Marshall, General Manager of Tilton's Diner. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Well, listen, the Tilton Diner has made some additions recently to its menu. Changes like these seem mundane to people like me who aren't in the restaurant industry. But any change has a set of risks and rewards for any restaurant can you talk about that process, what and who is involved in the changes to a menu like yours, and what changes the Tilton Diner has made recently? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, first, the first thing that you're always concerned about when, when menus get changed is, you know, of course, prices are going to change. And I think we all uh, have experienced uh, it, clearly uh, a significant change in prices and everything, whether it be lumber or medical services or cars or houses. I mean, it's been ridiculous in the wake of COVID, and especially at diners that are trying to provide value. That's one of the biggest concerns that we have. The next thing that you want to do and you don't want to do is you want to provide your guests with something that is fresh and new and enticing without removing something from a menu that could somehow <laughs> ruffle some feathers with unintended consequences. So that's always something that we try to be really aware of and we look at very closely. The people that make those decisions for the common man are, are myriad. We have a culinary director who is involved, the executive chef of our particular division is involved, the district manager of our particular division is involved, myself and the team here are involved, and then those suggestions changes get presented to our leadership team, which is our operations director, our, our COO, our CEO, our executive officer, and the director of human resources. And so these are, these are run by myriad sets of eyes and sets of minds and angles of perception. And we try to make sure that we make those moves through the water without making too much of a wake that can turn people over. Yeah. And uh, I think I'm with a question, I'm trying to drive home the point, and I'm glad that you did. You know, someone didn't just wake up and say, you know what, we're taking that off the menu. It, it, a lot goes into that. So people need to understand that. To me, liver and onions, <laughs> that's the traditional diner food. I grew up, I always say it, I grew up in a, in a town with two, a small town with two diners. Uh, liver and onions was a must. Uh, for someone who has never had a chance to try it or make it, can you walk our listeners through how you prepare it? Absolutely. Um, one of the things, you just touched on it. I mean, one of the things that diners are for all of us, whether you were born in the 2000s or whether you were born in the 40s or 50s or whenever, uh, they're, they're a chip of nostalgia. They're a piece in our memory, a flutter in our memory of something that we were and that all of us have that tendency to want to do that and to, to tap back into those things. Um, <laughs> clearly, uh, liver and onions is something that it taps way back in. And we have many guests that come from tens to dozens of miles just to come and get that. So we take these beautiful beef livers. And in diners, this may be common for listeners or, or not, diners work primarily off of big, long, flat tops, big, flat steel top cooking surfaces. And that is our primary source of cooking. So we take these beautiful beef livers and we cook them right on the flat top, right on, on either side until we get them right into the medium rare, medium range and that comes right out on the plate and it's covered with sautéed onions and bacon and for us mashed potatoes or whatever our vegetable of the day is. And, and also at the same time, you know, if the guest wishes to make substitutions up to the eyeballs, we're happy to do it as long as our guest is wowed by the experience. And the smell and the presentation and the taste is completely unique unto itself. There's really kind of nothing else like it. 
so synonyms will will be wasted upon liver and onions. So we encourage anybody to give it a shot and to fall back upon those memories of, of yesteryear. I got to tell you, I'm nine years old. I just finished a Little League game, and I was just sat down at the Florence Diner in Florence, Massachusetts, and my liver and onions are on the way. Thank you. You have jarred that back into my memory, and it is a great memory. <laughs> hey, your your menu is, for lack of a better word, massive. So let's play one of my favorite games, yeah. Imagine If. Imagine if I had been shipwrecked on a deserted island for the last six years, and I've only had water and crab to eat for the last 72 months. I've been rescued by a giant 50-foot, at the time, unladen European swallow from Chernobyl, who leads me at the door of the Tilton Diner, what, Tom Marshall, would you recommend I get for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Hashtag, yes, I stole this whole theme from Mighty Python's The Holy Grail. <laughs> Tim the Enchanter. <laughs> um, well, I, if, if you're coming for breakfast and, and all you've had is crab, uh, and, the, and hey, you know what? I mean, I could, I could have thought, you know, seaweed would have been worse. At least you had crab. That's true. Um, breakfast. Goodness gracious. Uh, the Bonneville is the one that, that you got to go with at that point. It's a, it's a gigantic hodgepodge of basically everything that we can give to you uh, from the menu side of things for breakfast. It's eggs of your choosing. It is breakfast meats from bacon to North Country sausage, pancakes, or sub-out waffles, um, some of our beautiful raisin toast. It's just a massive plate of happy so if you're doing that and you're starving and you've been on that deserted island, you've got to start there. There's no question about that. <clears throat> um, coming in for lunch, goodness, one of the things that we just put out, and, and as strange as it sounds, it's one of these new menu items that we have. It's a sriracha egg salad on rye bread, and it is absolutely transcendent. That's sriracha an for those excellent people. choice. Excellent choice. You know me. <laughs> Who don't know. Sriracha is a, is a, um, a Thai chili paste. So it may sound uh, unapproachable and super hot, and no, I don't want to do that, but actually with the recipe that we derived from it, we've been able to make this really approachable, tangy egg salad that is just crazy good. It's a beautiful presentation on the plate. And yeah, I understand it's egg salad, but goodness gracious, uh, if you haven't tried it, you have to. Uh, and, then, and then dinner, you know, what's fun about dinner is, 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 like I said, we've talked about the liver already. You can come from many different angles as to, you know, there's nothing better than having breakfast for dinner. But some of the stuff that happens at diners doesn't really happen anyplace else, you know, from pot pie to meatloaf to these lobster mac and cheese to uh, really fun things that diners are kind of given the, the green light to go ahead and explore where a, a lot of times other restaurants are, are constrained, you know, thematically by which direction they're heading. Diners, diners job is, is to bring you back. It's to bring you back to Florence. It's to bring you back to mom's cooking. It's to bring you back to, to the baseball game or to those long, lazy summer days that just never ended. Oh boy. I tell you what, I, uh, I'm feeling good now. I'm feeling full. I think I need to wash it down with something. I've had nothing but coconut milk and rainwater. <laughs> Maybe some kind of an adult beverage. Do you have anything? Oh my gosh. You know, what's really cool too, uh, for us and from our leadership and the, and the company's wonderful direction that it receives from its leadership team is we have some of our own brews. 
the Common Man Ale and the India Pale Ale that are branded as Common Man. And there's also a winery in Napa that produces wines for the diners from Pinot Grigio to a Merlot, a Cabernet, Chardonnay, and White Zinfandel that are branded Common Man wines. They are exceptional. They are affordable. They drink well. And goodness gracious, any of those beers or those wines will help wash anything down. We also have seasonal table tents for specialty wines, beers, and cocktails that we make at all the diners. Uh, so our summer cocktail menu is out. It's delicious. It's all based upon our, our own branded sour mix, Common Man Sour Mix. And we encourage you all to come down and check them out. Hey, great. Uh, can you tell us your location there, your hours, and your web address? Absolutely. We're at 61 Laconia Road in Tilton, New Hampshire. Telephone number here, 603-286-2204. And you can take out food at any time you'd like, whether it's 6 a.m. or 9 to 10 p.m. So Sunday through Thursday, we are open from 6 a.m. until 9 currently. Friday and Saturdays, we are open from 6 a.m. until 10 and for a full and complete accounting of all of the Common Man restaurants, including the Tilton Diner, you can find us on the World Wide Web at theseaman.com, T-H-E-C-M-A-N.com. And before I let you go, and before we even uh, give away a gift card, I'm just going to remind listeners who are in my area, Sunapee, New Hampshire, there is a Common Man restaurant in Claremont that I absolutely love. So don't forget, if you're in the Sullivan County area, uh, there's a great common man restaurant in Claremont. Hey, we're going to give away a $20 gift card to anyone who can answer this question, or not anyone, the first person who can answer this question. Dial 732-336-1040. How many diners are part of the common man family of restaurants? 732-336-1040. Be the first you win. $20 gift card to the Common Man family of restaurants. Tom, thanks so much for being with us and taking us down memory lane. We really appreciate it, and we hope to see you real soon. We're humbled to be here. Thank you so much for having us. All right, bye now. Take care. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more exciting food talk here at Cooking Something Good. Stick around. Take a step back in time. Visit New Hampshire's Conway Scenic Railroad at the center of North Conway Village. We offer a choice of heritage and scenic train rides the whole family will enjoy. Take a journey over Crawford Notch on our Mountaineer. Or take a spin on one of our valley runs where we recreate classic train travel when rustic passenger trains ran from town to town. Our pub train offers a selection of beverages and culinary delights. Call 603-356-5251 or visit us online at conwayscenic.com. Parents, if you're looking for a really good, fun time with your kids, something wholesome, something interesting for not just your kids, but for you too, it's the Conway Scenic Railroad. They've got great trips. Uh, you can go anywhere from four and a half to five hours to 45 minutes, but you got to get there and get on that website now because these tickets sell out fast and they've got great food on these trains. I have been there. I had a chance to get into their kitchen cars. It's amazing what they're able to produce. Great food, great fun, just a great day in North Conway. So go to the North Conway Scenic Railroad's webpage. Just go to cookingsomethinggood.com. You can click right through from there on the little train. It'll take you to their website. The North Conway Scenic Railroad. Recommended by us here at Cooking Something Good. 
It's that time of day. Every day we talk about the recipe of the week. Listen up, gastromaniacs. If you want to win the recipe of the week contest, all you need to do is send your favorite, your best recipe and a headshot to Dave at cookingsomethinggood.com. And if we choose your recipe, you will win a $100 gift certificate. You get your picture on the webpage all week long and your recipe will be up there all week long. This week's winner is Angelina C. from Goffstown. Angelina chose not to have her picture on the website, and that's fine too. Her recipe is bolognese, a sausage bolognese. I made it, it was simple, it was spectacular. It's very easy to make, it's very good. If you're in a hurry and you want something delicious, uh, this is what you make. You can choose your pasta. I use rigatoni. She used linguine. You can use anything you want. Get your pasta water boiling. In a pan, you're going to take... Uh, here's your ingredients, first of all. You're going to have a, a medium-sized onion, two medium-sized carrots, a clove of crushed garlic, not chopped, crushed garlic, tomato paste, red wine, and then half cherry tomatoes. You can also use a medium-sized can of diced tomatoes, or you can just use a can of tomatoes. I liked the cut-up cherry tomatoes, and that's the way Angelina sent it in. And here's how you make it. You grate your onion, you grate your carrots, you put those into a pan with extra virgin olive oil, and you cook that off. You're not browning this, you're just cooking it off. Uh, throw your whole garlic clove in there. You're not peeling that garlic clove, you just have it in the hot oil. You take your tomato paste, and it's a tablespoon, maybe a tablespoon and a half. I used a tablespoon and a half because I like that taste. Cook it off. You want to get that bitter taste out of it. So cook it off for about 30 seconds. Mix it in, roll it in with everything else. At this point, you're going to add your sausage. So you want to take your sausage links, your hot Italian sausage links, cut the casings off and crumble the meat into a well that you've created in the middle of all your other vegetables that you and herbs that you have in your pan. Cook that until it is nice and brown. Really get a good color on that. Nice and brown. Add uh, your red wine. Uh, any dry red wine is fine. I happen to like using a um, Merlot in this, but you can use anything that you want. Cook it down till it's almost a paste. Don't be afraid to cook that off and to reduce that down. At this point, you're going to add your diced tomatoes or your cherry tomatoes. Mix that up. Let it cook for about a minute or two. Let it reduce just a little bit. Season with salt and pepper, and there you have it. It is simple. It is fast. It is spectacular. It is easy to make. Bolognese from Angelina C. in Goffstown. This week's winner of the recipe of the week here at Cooking Something Good. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more fun. Stick around. We'll be right back. And hey, we're back all week. It's been about diners and donuts. I come from Western Massachusetts. Two towns over is Amherst, Massachusetts. And if you're talking about donuts, you cannot possibly have a week of shows consisting of talk about donuts without talking about the birthplace of the apple cider donut. Now, grafting or graftage is when tissues of plants are joined so as to continue their growth together. It's kind of like lovemaking creates a baby. Grafting makes horticultural babies. 
It just uses less alcohol to get the job done, I guess. Uh, why am I babbling gibberish? Because it's a donut diner week indeed. And when you think about donuts, the apple cider donut comes to mind immediately. And with me today is Jen Adams from Atkins Farms in Amherst, Massachusetts. And indeed, that is the birthplace of the apple cider donut. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a great pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. Hey, John and Hannah McIntosh, the inventors of the Macintosh apple, started grafting their Macintosh tree and selling its fruit back in 1835 in Canada. And it wasn't all that much longer, 52 years later, that Atkins Farms came to be. It's truly an amazing history behind Atkins and seemingly an amazing future as just as far as the eye can see in front of you. To what do you attribute your success? Yes, Atkins Farms, the farm itself, was established in 1887. Uh, George Atkins, Howard Atkins' grandfather, started the farm, and Howard opened the retail business in August of, I think, 1962. We're a family-owned business. We have been family-owned all along, and we're a farm. We grow our own apples and peaches in an orchard right here in Amherst. I think that's what sets us apart from the chain stores, Folks trust us because we're a staple in the community. We carry a large selection of local produce when it's in season, and we have a great relationship with the local farmers in the area. 110 years. When you talk about success, is it members of the family that continue to work there? I mean, it's really hard. They always say the second generation and the third generation is when it usually goes down. You guys are into multiple generations now. Keeping it local seems to be the key to our success. We have built our business gradually over the last 59 years when the retail store opened. We didn't start out as a big, successful country market like you see today. We actually started out as a little roadside stand selling produce and our own apples. And gradually, we added to that over the years to include what you see today, groceries, fresh baked goods, deli items, meat and seafood, candy, gifts, and flowers. And most recently, we added uh, beer, wine, and hard cider selection, featuring a large selection of local beverages. Uh, I like to describe our store as a supersize roadside stand. Yeah, and I tell you, as a 57-year-old who grew up in that area and watched you guys grow, I kind of feel like what you're saying is it's the old adage, measure twice and cut once. You guys have done it gradually, piece by piece, and Atkins is a must And it is indeed the birthplace of what is truly, I believe, to be the real eighth wonder of the world, the apple cider donut. I think it's the food item, in my humble opinion, that has done more to promote world peace than any other food item in history. I can't back that up. I just something I say that doesn't really have any historical value whatsoever. But would you walk us through how the apple cider donut came to be? Absolutely. It's funny that you said it promotes world peace because we actually have a t-shirt that says peace, love, and cider donuts. Uh (laughs) Back in the early 70s, we added the bakery section and started baking off fresh apple pies and pastries. A bakery salesperson came in and gave us the idea to add fresh pressed apple cider to our donut recipe. And at that point, history was made. The original apple cider donut was born. It was a new, unmistakable, unique pastry flavor that has been unmatched for all these years. Mrs. Lannon remembers that we were the first. We've won several awards for our cider donuts over the years. In the beginning, we went from using a small donut robot machine, and we had to gradually move on to using a full-size bakery fry later to keep up 
with the demand, sometimes selling over 700 dozen cider donuts on a Sunday in the fall. dozen donuts in a single day. And in a single day. In a single day. And I can attest to this because I remember being younger when you, the donuts first came out and you would beg your parents on a Sunday, hurry up, we've got to get to Atkins before they sell out. <laughs> being sold out of apple cider donuts on a Sunday and showing up at Atkins, you'd be like, ugh, what were you thinking, parents? What were you thinking? <laughs> it's apple cider donuts. And at that point, you couldn't get them anywhere else. And on a Sunday, sometimes, you, if you're here at the right time, you can get them when they're fresh out of the fry later, still warm and steamy. That oh, the that's best. the best thing ever. And I'll tell you, if you don't, even the next day, you can stick them in the microwave for about 13 to 15 seconds. That's the optimal time for my microwave to bring those donuts <laughs> back to life. That's how good they are. Yes, actually, we ship our cider donuts now because people that used to live in the area, they, they need those cider donuts, and we send reheating instructions for them. You can freeze them, take them out of the freezer, and pop them in the microwave, and it's like they came fresh out of the file. That is so true, and it's true also. You do not have to be from the 413 to indulge in something so heavenly. Hey, that rhymes. I like that. <laughs> top of my head. Right on the top of my head. I'm not very bright, but I came up with that. Listen, an apple cider donut from Atkins, you can get them. All you have to do is go to your website. And can you give the listeners your website, your address, and your hours just in case they are in the 413 and they want to indulge in something so good? Yes, you can find us on the web at atkinsfarms.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can find us at the corner of Route 116 and Bay Road in South Amherst, Mass. Fantastic. Jen Adams from the Atkins Farms in Amherst, Massachusetts. In the western part of Massachusetts, we say Amherst. Where I am now, there is an Amherst. Same spelling, just pronounced differently. Thanks for being with us, and thank you for bringing the world the apple cider donut. Thank you, Dave. Next time I'm home, I will stop by and we will be back right after this message. Hey, gastromaniacs. I know there's nothing more frustrating than when you're in the kitchen and you're working away like a maniac and you spill something. Don't worry. Nothing cleans up all of your spills faster or better than spill salt. Simply completely cover any spill with spill solve until there's no visible sign of liquid. And with a few sweeps of a broom, all you're left with is a clean, dry surface. It's immediately safe for foot or vehicle traffic. And this includes greasy restaurant floors too. No more chemicals mopping the floor down at the end of the night. If you own a restaurant, spill solved is also great. And the best part, spill solved can be used over and over again. That's right, it's recyclable. Use it over and over. It's an easy to use container. You simply pour it right back in. This is a great product. Spill solved, you can find it at cookingsomethinggood.com. That's spill solved at cookingsomethinggood.com. It's the foodie know-it-all question of the day brought to you by E.L. Harvey, a full-service waste hauling, transfer, and recycling company. Since 1911, E.L. Harvey has been providing their customers with cost-effective, responsive, and environmentally sound solutions to their solid waste and recycling needs. It's time for like every single day, 
the foodie know-it-all question of the day. A chance for you to win a great $10 gift certificate to a local restaurant. Today's a foodie know-it-all question has a little strange twist to it. If you know the answer and you're the first person to call us at 732-336-1040, you're going to get that $10 gift certificate. Uh, today's certificate is to KC's Barbecue in Manchester. Here's today's question. And like I said, there's a little strange twist to it. The first food ever eaten in outer space. Earlier in the week, we asked which was the first vegetable ever planted in space. Today, we're asking what is the first food ever eaten in outer space? And what is this connection to the Brady Bunch? So you have to give me the food, the food connected to the Brady Bunch, and you've got to leave the answer at 732-336-1040. People under the age of 50 are going, the Brady Bunch? What is that? People over 50 saying, ha, these young whippersnappers, I have an advantage over them now. It's your chance to answer the foodie know-it-all question of the day. We'll be right back after this. Hey, my friends, I want to take a moment and talk to you about cookingsomethinggood.com. Cookingsomethinggood.com is a website, and it's a great website if you need something that's food-related, whether it's equipment, specialty foods, gift certificates to great local restaurants, cookingsomethinggood.com. And right now at cookingsomethinggood.com, we've got a really great thing going on. It's called the Cooking Something Good My Recipe Book. It usually goes for $19.99. We're selling it for $9.99 right now. It's a recipe book that's blank on the inside. It's got just blank lines that you can pass around to family and friends, grandparents, great-grandparents, aunts, uncles, people in your family who have great recipes that you want to keep forever. And when you buy one of these cookbooks for just $9.99, every dollar is donated to the Nashua Soup Kitchen and Shelter. It's a great organization. They help feed people who are in need, desperate need of food. Food insecurity is a huge problem in our country, and we are so lucky to have this organization right here in our area. So go to cookingsomethinggood.com for all your needs and get yourself one of these recipe books and help out a great cause. Cookingsomethinggood.com. I can never get over how fast it all goes by. Another show is finished. It is always so much fun that I never pay attention to the time. It's been a great show all week long. We've been talking about donuts. We've been talking about diners, and it's been fun. Tomorrow, Another great show we're going to have on Dan Beck. He's with Moody's Diner in Waldenboro, Maine. And then we're going to have on Remy Couture. He is a famous pastry chef from Montreal, and he makes the foie gras pastry, a foie gras donut. And every Christmas he makes the uh, cake, a foie gras cake. So that is uh, unusual enough that we're going to have to have a conversation with him about that. He's also quite a character, so it's going to be a fun Day. Won't you join us tomorrow? We'll be back on Cooking Something Good. Until then, have yourself a great day. Bye-bye.